Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 3, Episode 11. Finally back in action. A little, you know, hiatus there in July. It was, a, it was a busy summer month, but, you know, sports guy Chris here with my good friend Mikey as always. Mikey, how are you doing here on this uh, lovely Hall of Fame game Thursday at the beginning oh, yeah. of August, yeah. my friend? Uh, not too shabby, Chris. Not too shabby. Uh, doing all right, man. Enjoying this slightly cooler weather here in Southern California. Yeah, you know, 90. Which is nice, yeah. Right, when, you know, 93, 94 feels like 60. Yeah, uh, You yeah, know, it's yeah. been hot for a while. So. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, but you had a good month of July, dude? Yeah, like, you nah, know, it was I pretty solid, been a bit. man. Okay, pretty good. solid. Uh, you know, uh, last month of uh, summer break, so you know now it's uh, back to the grind here for kids going back to school. It is yeah. back to the grind for the kids, back to the grind for those NFL players That's too, true. right? Who have been Absolutely. in camp, you yeah. know, and then of course mm-hmm. preseason kicks off tonight with a bunch of guys who will not be playing for anybody a few nope. weeks from now. But hey, nope. enjoy it. Football's back. We That's all right. love that. Um, but. Before we talk a little NFL, you know, and kind of dive into, you know, the early headlines from camps and so on, we'll touch on a little bit. Um, We we need to jump in the NBA. You know, last time we talked, Mikey and I took you through basically a a recap of NBA free agency. We touched on, you know, who changed teams, gave you our thoughts on a a whole variety of teams and their moves, you know, um, from contenders to who, you know, is up and coming this next year, you know, kind of covered the tiers. But two guys who were in the headlines then hasn't really changed, but, you know, definitely need to talk about, of course, Damian Lillard, who has requested a trade and is staunchly only wants to play for one team, of course, the Miami Heat, and then the James Harden market or lack thereof. And what that means for the Sixers, what is in general going forward? Because I don't know, Mikey, I think that could have some repercussions on the front office there as well. But anyway, um, let's start with Dane Lillard, dude, of course, dominating the headlines right now. Now that free agency, everybody else has kind of been signed. Yeah. Nothing else going on. But of course, Dame, a big name, uh-huh. superstar. Correct. Very much following in the steps of Harden and, and Kevin Durant, Correct. who we talked about plenty on this podcast requesting a trade but in particular to one team in specific i want to play for miami that's it yeah his agent has even went so far as to call other teams and tell them don't trade for him you're going to be getting an unhappy player mm-hmm. the nba that led to a memo yep. dude uh, there's a lot kind of going on with this i'm really curious to get your thoughts on the dame lillard you know asking for the trade what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on the league then coming out with this memo afterward as well with the timing of it? This isn't the first time somebody's done this. Yeah, so, yeah. Dude, what, what do you think of the whole Dame Lillard thing right now? You know, I, I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I think, to put it succinctly, I think it's kind of sad. Um, okay. I, I, think it's, it's un, I think it's sad and kind of unfortunate. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason I, I, I say that, I, I think, is because... You know, unlike a James Harden or a Kevin Durant, who this has been their mo for you know yeah. the vast majority of their career, yeah. the last five years or so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Dame Lillard drafted by the you know Trailblazers. He's played for the Trailblazers. He's yeah. been the face of that franchise. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's not thought of in a negative light. Uh, unlike the other two players, he's not that's, a guy a that has point. burner phones that goes out there and makes <laughs> yeah. Twitter accounts and posts right. with fans over social media, or you know, he's not somebody who you know makes outlandish claims and and then you know has a good season and then for whatever reason 
uh, lack of success or lack of fit or both, uh, you know, demands a trade and, 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 you know, to a specific team and gets his wish and, and you know, and James Harden. So, I mean, that's, I think that's why it's sad and unfortunate. Okay, I mean, yeah. you know, when you're, the NBA has done such a good job overall uh, with the collective bargaining agreement, so between the players union and the, and the league office, of making sure that smaller market teams, not your L.A.'s, not New your, your New York's or your Chicago's or even Miami to some degree, you know, Philadelphia, you know, so that these smaller market teams have a better chance of retaining their, their star players. As and, a Bucks fan, I totally 100% right. behind your point. Exactly. Yes. So, you know, they've done an admirable job of doing that. I mean, you know, you look at Dane Lillard's salary coming up after signing that extension. And in the 2026-27 season, this is a dude that's going to be making, you know, he's on the books for $63 million. That's insane. Mike. And, you know, and that's coming from a, that's a contract, a contract extension that was offered to him by Portland, not Los yeah. Angeles, yeah. not, you know, yeah. like I said, Chicago, not the Knicks, yeah. you know, not the Nets, you know, that, that, that's, that's a, a small market team and a team mm-hmm. that's had, has a, a very, a very, uh, excuse me, um, you know, a uh, rabid fan base, a, a fan base that, that loves their team. They love the Blazers. Um, That's true. Yeah, so that it's just, it's, it's, it's sad that, uh, you know, he, uh, he's kind of been put in this, in, in this negative light. Now, you know, some of that is his own doing. I mean, if, if the rumors are in fact true that, you know, he only wants to play for one team right, and what yeah. his agent's putting out there as far as playing only for Miami, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, then, then then you kind of deserve some of the vitriol that's kind of coming your way. Absolutely. Um, I personally don't see any sort of resolve to this anytime soon. It doesn't no, me seem, either. You know, at, for the rumors here the last... 48 hours or so seem to be that the Miami Heat were preparing to offer, give an offer to Portland of, of multiple first round picks. I think four first round picks, multiple pick swaps, mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Hero, uh, uh, I, I think a couple other intangibles, you know, but, um, you know, but apparently then the, the, the rebuttal to that rumor was that, you know, Portland wasn't going to accept that offer. So, you know, I mean, there's that kind of back and forth, but you know, we got the world, you know, world cup of basketball coming up here, the FIBA world cup. Uh, we got training camps right around the corner here in, you know, we're in August. So next month training camps start very, very rarely do you see big time deals go down right before the start of training camp. At this point in time, you're, you're, you've got guys in the gym with workouts, working yeah, with strength and yeah. conditioning coaches, you know, working with, playing with their teammates, getting to know their teammates, right. et cetera, et cetera. So I don't see anything happening. Whether or not he sits out or not, I don't know. I, I don't think he would, but I, I don't know. Um, you know, and, and this is the position that he put himself in. So I don't hate the guy. No, um, no. But, you know, we were talking about it earlier when we were, you know, just kind of discussing topics for yeah, today and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, my thing, Chris, is that, you know, guys want to make their money. I, I don't disagree with that. Guys, guys want to get their contracts. They want bragging rights for how much money they make. All oh, that kind sure, of stuff. yeah, yeah. But time and time again, you see these situations, Chris, where guys, and in the NFL, at least, you can renegotiate your contract, and you can take less money, or that's you true. can spread out your money yeah, a little bit more, true. so that yeah. way that frees up money for that particular yeah. season. You can for do your a lot team. of really creative things in the NFL Correct. to kind of kick the can forward, as they Correct. like to say. So what what I, I like to call that financial gymnastics, right? 
You can perform it's a great word for it. Gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. You can take can't money and throw it through hoops. Yeah, right. Yep. Can't do that in basketball. <laughs> so my thing is, is that okay? So Dame goes to the table. He's eligible for an extension. He agrees to this extension. He wants to see what Portland does in free agency. Portland, in part because they're strapped a little bit due to his contract, they re-signed Jeremy Grant, who they had his bird rights. They they were the team that could offer him the most money. Jeremy Grant doesn't appear to be an idiot, so he wasn't going to turn down the extension that he got from Portland. Yeah, no, of course not. Portland drafted one of the top three players, possibly if it weren't for Wembyama, going to be the number one pick overall in Scooter, Scoot Henderson. Yeah, right? they got a great, great player, great in, player in Scoot, you, no doubt. And so, but again... You possibly could have had the opportunity to sign an extension for ten to fifteen, ten to twelve million dollars less. Sure, freed up you just because you can sign the 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 max extension doesn't mean you have to. Well, that's true. Yeah. So, if you really want to win a championship, if 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 your career, if your whole point in playing basketball at some point in time is to win a championship, and you've already made a boatload of money, true. Yeah. Why not take less money and allow the Portland Trailblazers to go out there and attract free agents and go out there and throw a little bit more money around yeah. to be able to build a roster around Dame, yep. who I don't think is a player you build a, ro- a roster around, by the way. Um, I and, agree. And, I agree. you know, you go out there and you try and guy, find guys that are going to help him out and get you deep into the playoffs. I mean, this is a team that with Terry Stotts and not and, and Dame Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and not a whole lot else was able to make Western Conference Finals. That's they a good were point. a top five team, top yep. four team in the yep. NBA. Now, all of a sudden, not so much. No, granted, yep. Chauncey Billups, right. rookie coach, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Litany of things. All I'm saying is, is that now Dame, just like... Kevin Durant, just like a James Harden, they want to go to a team because of their way their contracts are structured and the amount of money they get paid, Chris. Yeah. You're now putting your team that you want to go to in a position where you either have to rope in other teams, yeah. who now they want to get something. They're not right. going to just help facilitate a trade to help another team get that much better. Right, exactly. And as and a Miami team that just saw Gabe Vincent go to the Lakers, Great Max Struess signed his contract. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. So you've got a couple players there that were crucial. Did to Caleb my, Martin leave as well? Uh, Caleb Martin stayed, if I'm not okay. mistaken. All right. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, you 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 went out there, and now you're going to have to build a roster. You got your roster. There's no guarantees of making back to the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone the NBA Finals. You're going to have to kind of gut the future of that franchise. Yeah. For, and and don't give me the argument. Well, they've done really good. You know. With undrafted players. Okay, great. You're not wrong, but you're giving up draft capital for one guy. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just, I, I fail to see, again, I've said this before, I fail to see where the basketball IQ into this whole equation comes in. Fair enough. Because yeah. you're asking a team to gut a roster. Yeah. To get that, you Mike, on the that's team. That's a good point. To put, yes, two yeah. talented, Jimmy Butler, Dame Lillard, talented players, no doubt about it. I don't doubt that, that that Jimmy Butler would take a slightly back, you know, a slight backseat to somebody like Dame Lillard. Sure. Uh, uh, I don't know if Dame Lillard fits into the whole Heat culture that they have down there. I, there's questions all about that yeah, kind of stuff. Sure. But the bottom line is, is you make a boatload of money, and you, you're trying to get to a team that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of assets to give up to get him. So there's no guarantee. I don't know, man. It just it's confusing to me. I don't understand it. I, mm-hmm. I don't. 
I don't understand why you can't just say I request a trade and, yeah. and let just kind of the chips be you know yeah. fall where they may. Yeah. Because I I don't entirely get it. I I. I don't like seeing Dame Lillard painted as a as a bad dude because I don't think yeah. he's a bad guy. He's a great player. He's so exciting and fun to oh, watch. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, uh, yep. He's never been a bad guy. He's never played that villain role. Um, so to see him painted in that light, but by his own doing, I, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of a wash of the whole situation. He doesn't have a no trade clause, Chris. Yeah. If I'm Portland, I'm sitting by. I'm answering the phone. If there's a deal that comes across that absolutely blows me away. I don't care if it's for the the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, you're gone. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, Mikey, I think you made some great points there. And to your point, first of all, on that no trade clause, right? So mm-hmm. it's interesting that okay, I'm demand the trade, but literally, you know, no trade clause. So you can't control where you're going to go right. at all. You don't have the leverage. But now you're going to try and dictate where you're going to go. Right. Guys like Durant, Harden, at least had some kind of a trade clause. They could determine right. where they were going to go, which helped to make it a reality when they said, hey, I want to play for Phoenix or, right. hey, I want to play for the Nets. Okay, well, he's got a no trade clause. We kind of have to make it happen and send him to the team he wants to go to then, right? Um, so, you know, I don't know if Dame just got caught up in, hey, Kevin Durant last year really wanted to go to the Suns and it didn't happen last offseason. It didn't happen at the beginning of the year. But it happened at the trade deadline, so yeah, yeah. okay, he got his way. He moved teams, um, you know. Seeing what's going on, I think they use the "we'll wait and see what happens in free agent." This is a guess, guy. Obviously, I don't have any inside information, but it seems like a guys to me. Like we're gonna use that. We're gonna wait till free agency's done, and then we're gonna demand our trade, and that way we can use that as the scapegoat for, yeah. for asking out, right? Like. Right. Oh, well, they didn't sign anybody. All yeah. they did was bring back Jeremy Grant, to right. your point. Right. That's not enough. They didn't move the needle. We're going to demand a trade. We're going to go here. But what pushed this over the edge into like the next level, even past you know Kevin Durant or James Harding demanding their trades and being specific as to who they wanted to go to, was that extra step of the agent literally reaching out to teams or calling teams, contacting teams, and telling them, Outside of the heat, right? Don't trade for my player. You're yeah. going to get an unhappy player. That's taking it to a whole nother level. Yeah. And, you know, now it's interesting. And, and kind of like what we talked about, to your point, before we hit record, Dame Lillard, guy that everybody's loved, right? Like, stayed with the same team, to your point. Portland drafted him. He's went through the ups and downs with the organization. He's led them to a Western Finals before. Now they've been kind of going through a rebuild. But the loyalty thing, he's been like this shining example of the opposite of these team-up super team, I'm going to demand where I want to go type of thing. And then here he is doing the same thing, but not even doing the same thing, like taking it up another level. Like, I'm only going to play for Miami to the point I'm going to make my agent tell everybody else, you know, yell from the mountaintops, I'm not playing for anybody else, I'm going to be mad about it. To your point about IQ... That's not smart by him, and it's not smart by his agent. I mean, a guy whose job is to look out for your player's best interest. And, guys, this is why. Mikey and I talked about this before we hit record, but this is why. Because now you have got 
the team I'm he's under contract for backed into a corner. The Blazers are the team backed yeah. into the corner. If I'm the Miami Heat and I'm Pat Riley and we're we, you just made it to the Eastern Conference Finals Correct. with all these undrafted guys, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there. I'm fine. I don't need to make this trade. I really don't need to make this trade. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. He has a, you know, you know. He only wants to go here. So the Blazers, hey, I want all these picks. I want this young guy. I want this. No, that's we're good. Like we said, yeah. we don't need to make this trade. But you guys do because you got a guy that might sit out or who knows what's going to happen, and you can't afford to do that. But we can. So guess what? I'm not going to give you seven first-round picks and right. 17 pick swaps and whatever young player you want. I'm going to give you these three picks and this, and you can take it or leave it. And guys, if you don't think that's going on, Pat Riley's been in this league for a long time. Yeah. The guy's won oodles of rings as yeah. a player, coach, executive. Yeah. He knows what he's doing, yeah. okay? He's not going to make a dumb trade. And he I mean, that's just the way it is. So, you're not doing a service. If I'm the agent, I'm going, "Yeah, yeah, we'd uh, you know, we'd love to go play for Charlotte or anybody else." Keep that image of yeah. Look at Dame; he's willing to go play for anybody. Right. And then you can kind of, then you can use that. But you know, you really want to go to Miami, and now you can work that in because you can work leverage into play. Right. There's no leverage at all. There's yeah. no leverage. And again, this is a guy to your point who signed this extension last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the team rewarded him for yeah. staying there, paid yeah. him a bolt. A Crap load of money. To yeah. your point, a couple yeah. years from now, he's going to make $63 million. Yeah. So they totally rewarded him for his loyalty. And then he turns around and is demanding not just a trade, but to one specific team after free agency is done. All right. the chips have already fallen. Like, yeah. there's, 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 you're, you're really crippling them and yeah. their ability yeah. to do anything. Yeah. And now, do you really want to kind of back yourself into that corner too, where now you're either going to sit out and like be the bad guy yeah you're gonna cost yourself millions of dollars and if if you sit out this next year who knows what happens dude the heat could go to the finals and win it the heat could fall apart like they did two years ago and not even make the playoffs yeah after the bubble year yeah they got swept by the bucks they weren't even competitive in that series barely made the playoffs so what's what could happen you know right the blazers could get good yeah. Out of nowhere. They could be yeah. this year's whatever. Timberwolves from, yeah, Sacramento. Yeah. And then they're sitting there like, yeah, dude, you sat out. We don't even need you anymore. Right. Like, peace out. Yeah. So you cost yourself millions, and now all of a sudden you're not a hot commodity anymore. So I don't understand it from a basketball IQ point. I don't understand the timing of it. Right. Um, it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I think he just probably got caught up in the, hey, now it's my turn. I want to go play for a winner. And I get that part of it, right? Right. I totally understand that. You know, you're watching these other superstars pair up for the last decade, pick what team they want to go to. And yes, those teams for the most part have fallen short, but they are in the playoffs every year. The Suns were in the playoffs. Those Nets teams were in the playoffs. You know, LeBron and the Heat were in the playoffs every year. You know, even the years they didn't win the finals. So, those teams are 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 in the finals, so I get that part of it. But the timing and everything else, like it's just a complete opposite of right. what we've seen from this guy. So yeah. I don't get any of that part of it. Right. Um, but to the to the league memo part of it, I think that's why they issued it after this because you had the kind of the 
blatantness of the right. agent. Yeah, yeah. You know, to Kevin Durant last year, we knew he wanted to go to the Suns, but he never said that. Right. He never said that in an interview. He never made a post online. So I'm only playing for them. Right. Even his agent never said that. Right. We never got a quote out of the Durant camp specifically that said we only want to play for the Suns. Yep, you're right. And again, when you have a no trade clause, you have the leverage to be able to do that. Right. So, you know, I think that's what caused the league to issue the memo this time around. I, yeah, guys, we know this has been going on for a decade with players, but to my knowledge, a, 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 an agent hasn't been as blatant to literally tell prospective teams, don't trade for my player. Right, right. I mean, you could imagine what, like, that's not setting a good precedent. NBA doesn't want to go down that road. Right. They've been in the forefront for player empowerment and all yeah. those kind of things. Certainly way more ahead of that than, than the NFL for sure, but which I give them kudos for and you have you know, we we have on this show many a times, but uh yeah, um they don't they don't want it to go too overboard. Right. And I think when you've got agents starting to do this, that then that's what yeah, it definitely do. crosses into some very gray yeah. you know, territory yeah. in, in you know what you know, I mean, you could say that privately to, you know, uh, to teams or, you know, send out a, a, an email to all, you know, 20, 29 teams, <laughs> right. 28 teams or whatever yeah. and say, yeah. look, man, Dame doesn't want to play for anybody but this this, this franchise. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I think it just kind of goes to a little bit, you know, the absurdity of some of these contracts, the the lack of foresight that some of these players that's a, have. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, I mean, because I, I think if, if Dame Lillard was really thinking maybe longer term, uh, you know, maybe he only signs a two-year extension. That's and a great maybe, point. And maybe yep. that first year is that guaranteed, you know, maybe that first year is $60 million or $50 million or whatever. And then that second year is a player option. Uh, you know, to where, okay, you know, you give the Portland Trailblazers opportunity to go out and sign some guys, you know, you give them a chance to see what you've got in Scoot Henderson and whatever. I mean, granted, he didn't know when he signed the extension where they were going to end up in the lottery right, and right. You know, all that kind sure, of stuff, et cetera, sure. et cetera. But regardless, I mean, you, you know, you would think that whether it's with your loved ones, whether it's with your agent, you know, your, your, your inner circle, you know, maybe you look at the various scenarios. I mean, you're not a team that's consistently or, or constantly in the in the ballpark of, you know, championship contender. So, you know, you're, you play for a team that very easily one year to the next goes from Western Conference contender to Western Conference lottery team. So, yeah, right. you know, yeah. you, you have to split that lane and you have to be able to kind of imagine, okay, if we do this, this is what happens. If we do this, this is what happens. So, again, maybe you only sign a two-year deal. I mean, maybe maybe that – I just I think that makes more basketball sense because if, if you play in that first year of your extension knowing you have a player option for that second year and you fall short of expectation and it wasn't necessarily due to injury, it wasn't necessarily due to anything. You right, know, it, yeah. It, it, was, it was just – it was just you just – bad chemistry or whatever, then you opt out and then as a free agent you're able and free to sign wherever the hell you want. Right. But when you're when you when you make this commitment to the team that you've been committed to for so long and then all of a sudden you do an about face and, and if I if I'm not mistaken, what makes things just a little bit more egregious is that prior to the draft even, you know, when rumors were kind of starting to swirl that he might want out of Portland, you know, he came out and said, I don't want to go anywhere. Right, and Which, so, but then you you have the point. draft, yeah, and then you free agency starts, and then all of a sudden, a couple of days after free agency, it was like, nah, I want to trade. 
So, you know, you missed the gate of being able to make some deals happen on draft night. That's true. Uh, you know, you, you kind of, yeah, you kind of did an asshole kind of a thing, pardon my French, to, to yeah. put the Portland Trailblazers in the position they're in. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you're the rest of the league, you, you know, you know you have an unhappy player. You know that Portland has zero leverage. Right. Uh, you know, and, and, and pfft, to your point, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm going to give you a bare minimum offer that satisfies the CBA agreement. But it's That's not it. going to be anything yeah. more than that. And look, I, I think the other thing too here, and I was saying about this while you were speaking a little bit earlier and making incredibly valid points. I, I think the other thing is, is I think that his agent and him maybe made a miscalculation. I that, think you're right. And yes. the miscalculation was the fact that, you know, when you look at Durant or you look at Harden, maybe not, we'll get to Harden here in a minute. But yes, let's yes. Say, let's, we'll use Durant specifically. Sure, sure. When Durant's basically said he wants out of a team, whatever team has been rumored to be the team he wants very there's a very quick turnaround in 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 more or less in him getting out of that situation and going to the team that he wants to yeah. go to so relatively quick turnaround in this instance i think that portland or i think that dame and his people thought as soon as he says i want to trade they were going to jump at the yeah. chance the offers were going to come pouring in yeah and he was going to get out yeah that didn't happen. But, and, and maybe that's because of Portland or whatever. Maybe Portland was like, you know, kind yeah, of like, taken aback. Yeah, or, I don't really you know, want to hey, really okay, well, do this. Yeah, right. It, the, yeah. The, the, you know, the asking price, the price is going to be, you know, astronomical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah totally. Um, <laughs> I, I think that was a gross miscalculation on their part. I no, don't know I, if they be, anticipated right. that. I, I, I thought that right. I think that yep. they maybe thought Miami was going to jump through hoops to make this deal happen. He was going to go to where he wanted to go. Yeah, and totally. and and every, everybody was everybody was going to be cool, and that didn't happen. So, yeah. I I think that may may have played a huge part of it. But yeah, man, I you know hopefully this gets resolved. I, you know I don't think it's going to happen before training camps. I really really don't. Not to mention all your free agents have already signed their contracts. Yeah, it's uh, rookies. None of those yeah. none of these guys can be traded until certain points in the season. So if yeah. Dame does get traded anywhere. It's not going to be until the season's already started, and that 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 moratorium on on you know trades is kind yeah. of lifted, where you can trade guys that just signed contracts. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, That's it. there's I, no urgency. I, it's not. There's it's no not going to happen. He's starting on, the season in a yeah. Portland Blazer tr- uh, jersey or street clothes. I think you're right, Mikey. I mean, drafts done, free agency's done. There's no, there's no, you know, money that kicks in at a certain time contract wise. So there's no urgency at all Correct. for, you know, to, to get it done. I think that's yep. a great point. So before we take a segment break, let's talk about our, you know, buddy, Mr. Harden yeah. as well. Yeah. The other big name out there that has been rumored to, you know, uh, be heading out of Philly. Where will we go? You know, we heard the Clippers quite a bit, maybe the Bulls, possibly a couple teams here or there, but I think what's really happened, dude, is there's really no market for this guy, or at least no market for him at the $35 million, I believe it is, that his player option was that he picked up that right, teams right. would be on the book for, right. for trading him this year. Um, and I think, you know, Daryl Morey right now is in trying to save face mode because, um, you know, the, the – the Ben Simmons trade I don't think worked out that well because the guy he got back wants out or you know or you know they're working on getting a solution it didn't move the needle at all they didn't right. move any farther in the postseason with Harden the last two years so um I, I I don't think that trade really worked out too well for him and now you're sitting there with with a new head coach 
the returning MVP, but all these question marks, you yeah. know, they didn't really get better in the offseason. You could argue they got worse, actually, you know, honestly. But, dude, you know, it's interesting. It, it seems to me like Harden's going to be back with the Sixers for one more year, but um, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on Harden? And, like, is there actually a market for this guy? Because I'm not convinced there is. I'm convinced the only market has been, like, his agent or just, like, reporters trying to come up with something in the dead time of the NBA season to, you know, because if you write about Harden, you're going to get some views. That That's my opinion. I don't think there's a market for him. But Yeah, you know, I, 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 think, I, I think I'll have to agree with you on that. I, I don't think there is much of a market. I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, several years removed already now from being an MVP, being yep. an MVP candidate. Yep. Um, you know, his attitude the last several seasons has not been a great one. He's mm-hmm. not been a great teammate. Um, and, you know, I would say he's probably the current NBA's version of Shaquille O'Neal to, to some degree. And, I, and I'll explain why. Because of his, uh, because of his condition. Uh, you know, he's never yeah. been a ripped player. He's never looked like Giannis or, or LeBron James no, or anything true. like that. Yeah. He's always kind of been this kind of doughboy looking dude. But, you know, at the very least, this is a guy. And he's, his, his game is not predicated on his, you know, overt uh, athleticism. Uh, he's crafty, uh, you know, which translates well long term for his game. But, you know, I, I think there's conditioning issues. I, I think that there's and, and beyond even conditioning issues, I think it's what's between his ears. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, and yep. this is a guy we were talking about it just, a, you know, in the previous segment there, you know, um, this is a guy that, you know, a lot of people claim has a high basketball IQ. But yet when he goes to teams, yeah, he makes quote-unquote players better around him. He gets these triple-doubles or whatever, but we've talked about it on this podcast before. There's such thing as, you know, assists that help your team and just empty assists. There's, there's oh, yeah. you know, empty stats that, that just, you know, yeah, they're great. They look good on paper. You know, they help out your fantasy team or whatever, but when it comes to the W's and the losses, you know, the wins yeah. and the losses, yeah. they don't do a whole lot. They don't no. move that needle no. consistently. He's a guy that, you know, has... The last couple seasons in Philadelphia has more or less disappeared. This last season, he disappeared in the playoffs. Yeah. Outside of, like, one good game or something like that in that second round or whatever, he really did yeah, that, do a that whole game lot. one yeah, against the Celtics one. where he had, it was like Embiid sat out. signature yep. of the playoffs. And yep. Bede comes back in, and I think you were lucky to get 12 points out of yeah. him per he game. completely for the disappeared. The I mean, his defense is lackluster. Yeah. He's getting up there in his age. So he becomes even more of a defensive liability. Uh, you know, if you are the Clippers who are his rumored, uh, uh, you know, destination of choice, you know, yeah, you've got Kawhi, you've got, you know, Paul George, they're in and out of injuries. You know, you listen to Ty Lue going into the season and he's talking about we're going to put a renewed emphasis on the regular season. We're not going to sit out as many games. I'll believe that when I see it, by the way. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's that same kind of situation, though, that, that Dame Lillard. I mean, if you're the Clippers – and at least on paper, you have a roster that can compete in the Western Conference, certainly, and probably in the entire NBA for playoff position, sure. good playoff position, home court advantage, maybe even a title. Do you really go and try and trade some of that youth, some of the younger players that you have on that roster, not give up PG or Kawhi, and then bring in a James Harden who demands the ball in his hands to be an effective player, who doesn't play defense, uh, uh, do you really? Just, I don't think that moves the needle, and and I don't think 
you you make that trade. I, yeah, I just I, I don't. Just, I, I don't, I, I don't yeah. think I don't care if Steve Ballmer is one of the richest owners in in the NBA and could afford to pick him up for pennies on the dollar. In generally speaking, you don't make that better. You don't make that move because it doesn't make your team better. Exactly. So yeah. I yeah. I think that okay yeah you're right Daryl Morey playing hardball like you know he's he's saving face a little bit like all right cool you opted in James you could have opted out and signed with any team you want right exactly even if it was for 15 million and left 20 million on the table you could have signed with anywhere the Clippers probably would have tried to make a couple deals to free up some cap space to probably sign you out right right and not right. have to trade you and then right. in which case that probably looks like a steal yeah but I'm not trading my roster for you no I'm not trying no, to trade totally for pay not. you 35 yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Nope. Nope. So I, I, I think James Harden is starting to enter that part of his career, much like Russell Westbrook has the last couple seasons, mm-hmm. where he's a star in name and he has that occasional game where he comes out and it's like, yeah. oh, that's the James Harden we know. Yeah, exactly. But I think he's starting to near that point of his career where those games are going to be few and far between. I agree. And I he's going to becoming a yeah. glorified yeah. role player. Yep. Uh, a la Carmelo, a la, you know, uh, 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 Westbrook. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just, I don't think that he, he he's going to be that, that same guy. And I, I think in the NBA, Chris, where a lot of these guys are, a lot of these teams, they're going for the two-way player. They're going yeah. for the guys that can shoot the three and then play defense. They're going yeah. for the guys that you know, you look at any of the rosters that have, were competing in, in the in the in the conference finals, in the NBA finals. You had a lot of guys that guarded and played multiple positions. The NBA is starting to go into this. Yes, you have the 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 Jokers, you have the Joel Embiid's, you have the Anthony Davises, right? You still have some of these players, some remnants of the NBA of old. Oh, true. But by and large, these the these guys from the point guards down to the power forward are all guys that can switch. Yeah, they're all guys that yep. can guard multiple positions. They, they can, can shoot, shoot the three. They can drive to the basket. They don't have a one dimensional yes. game. Yes, James Harden to me, when you when you start to look at this, James Harden's game is very much seemingly one dimensional at this point. Again, yeah. he doesn't play defense. He's no, a liability. He's a yeah, he is a liability as a defender. And defensively, yeah. it's not that hard to guard this guy anymore. No, I you know look the the and we talked about him. Of course, he was one that balked, but the the rule changes from a couple of years yes. ago. You know, and and that Trey Young, James Harden rule yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it has made a difference. So you know, um, and yeah, teams catch on. They change and and they catch up eventually, yeah. just like in any other sport. So. You know, eight years ago, the the step back three when he was with Houston, you know, he kind of became his signature move. Yep. And, you know, with the way things were officiated around the perimeter, I mean, that was bread and butter. And, yep. and I give him credit because he was he's also one of the guys that kind of helped change the game a little bit, yep. you know, as far as the three-pointers and sure. things like that. Exciting player for a long time. But to your point, at this stage in his career, yeah, you can dish out assists. But those games are fewer and far between with the, 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 the amazing step back three and we're feeling it and we're putting up 30, 40 points and leading the team to victory. It's a lot more 12 points, yeah. 13 points on not particularly great shooting. And, yeah, we've got some assists and, yeah, we've got some rebounds. But, right. dude, to your point, everybody is getting assists and rebounds right, right now. Well, so. and even then, I mean, to, to the point of the 3 and D guys, I mean, you're, you've got guys that are guarding him that are 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", 
Yeah. Sure, you can shoot that step back, but guess what? I'm tall enough. I'm long enough. Yeah. I have a seven foot one wingspan that I yeah. can at least challenge the I, shot. Exactly. Now that shot. And now there's so much. There, yeah. There's so much game tape on on yeah. your game that it's not hard to predict what you're going to do. Yeah. And you yeah. don't have exactly. superior athleticism that you can just drive around. Yeah, you're crafty, but you can't. These young guys are so eager to make a name. They're so eager. They they play pretty good defense they they help and recover incredibly well you know i mean so and that's the thing is that yes he kind of helped change that offensive side of the game right no james yeah, harden yeah. no trey young right yeah you know same thing with like a steph curry De'Aaron fox and some yeah of these guys. all those guys you know Absolutely. but like yes. the thing is is that that the the defensive side of that has also changed coaches your good defensive minded coaches have made adjustments to uh, well, to account point. for that yeah. instead of yeah. hey look you got James Harden at the top of the key mm-hmm. okay i'm going to send a little i'm going to shade a little bit of help over there i'm going to do this i'm going to do that i'm going to go under the screen instead of over the screen yep. i'm long enough that i can challenge it even if i do get screened i'm still able to recover not to mention there's probably a big that has stepped up Yes. Because bigs aren't in the paint anymore to draw you away from the perimeter. Now the bigs are out on the perimeter, which means, guess what? Your defender is out on the perimeter. So, I mean, defensively, it doesn't, it just, it doesn't bode well for guys like him. And again, no superior athleticism. So it's not like, so yeah, so yeah, that, that, that's where, that's my thoughts on James Harden, man. I I just, I, he's going to. Dame Lillard, same kind of thing. Just like Dame, you know, they're they're going to start the season in the jersey that they were wearing last season. Yeah, you know, the I one agree. thing that I bodes agree. well for James Harden as the season progresses is that he at least is an expiring contract. That, that thirty-five is true. million yeah. comes off the books. A team's going to make a play for him, whether it's the Clippers or whatever. A team's going to. He's I, not finishing right. the season. Yeah. I agree. My hot take is he's not finishing okay. the season in like a it. in a yeah. Philly jersey. But he is going to uh, uh, be traded. He is an expiring contract, and and the 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 76ers will get rid of him at some point in time and try and recoup some some players. For Dude, him. I think you're spot on right there. Um, and I'm in total total agreement. I, I think both of these guys are going to end up starting the season with their same perspective yeah. teams. Yeah. With with like to your point, possibilities of moving on. I do think Harden will be somewhere else, possibly. Um, Dame as well, but there's going to have to be, I think, a lot more developments happening there as yep. far as like softening of stances <laughs> correct, correct. for that to happen. But right. um, yeah, dude, I've, yeah, there we go. Great segment there. Yes, we sir. covered the great stuff there. But guys, we'll take a quick segment break. Yep. When we come back, we'll we'll dive over the NFL, which of course is is up and kicking. You know that uh, Hall of Fame game actually kicks off the preseason tonight, but there's a lot going on with NFL running backs. We'll touch on that after the break. Welcome back, everybody. Balls and Beards Podcast, Season 3, Episode 11, cruising right along. Of course, uh, sports guy Chris here with my good friend Mikey as well. We just discussed Damian Lillard, James Harden, the two big names that are still out there, kind of eh, hanging over NBA offseason, if you will. Um, give you our thoughts on both of those. You know, to wrap it up, I, Mike and I are in agreement. We think they're going to start um, back on you know the the teams that they were already on. But yeah, um, it's time to switch over to the NFL now, my friend. Football is in full go. Uh, training camps have been open and going here for over a week. Um, plenty of news coming out from all over. You know, coaching beefs and all kinds of stuff. Uh, but tonight we actually have the kickoff to the season, if you will, the first preseason game yeah. uh, with the Hall of Fame game tonight. 
Um, you know, not real worried about that game. Again, I nobody will of any note will be playing tonight at all. So um, the bigger thing, though, is what's going on with NFL running backs, right? So yeah. about a couple weeks ago when we had the franchise tag deadline come through, you know, there were two big names, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, who everybody thought long-term deals would get done. They didn't get done. Since then, Barkley and the Giants have been able to work out a one-year deal. He's going to make about an extra $1 million, possibly another million in incentives versus what the franchise tag was going to pay him. So Saquon Barkley... With the Giants, will be you know he he's he's a full go. Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in rushing last year, not so. The Raiders failed to get anything done. He he left Las Vegas and uh, is is going forward, of course, with his holdout. Uh, McDaniel's the coach there, optimistic that they're going to have him back at some point. You know, saying all the right things. Yeah, when when he comes back, we'll work him right back in. He's a big part of the offense, of course. Devontae Adams chimed in, same thing. We're going to need that guy on offense. I mean, by all accounts, the Raiders are going to need that guy because he's been the biggest part of their offense the last few years. Um, dude, yeah. I, I'm not I, – I, I understand why teams don't like to pay the running back position anymore in today's NFL to an extent. Okay. But these two situations, yeah. and then we haven't even gotten to the one that's happened since then, but those, these couple, and then what you have going on with the Colts right now and Jonathan Taylor, I guess those are the ones I don't really understand because these guys are all still on their rookie deals looking to get that first payday. They're all in their primes. Yeah. They're not close to that you know, age 28, 29, where in the NFL they consider you – Done and throw you on the you know the scrap heap at that point. You're 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 done being a serviceable running back when you turn 28 in the NFL. Yeah. They're not there yet, and they're both coming off huge years. I mean, the Giants. Yes, Daniel Jones took a step forward, but his success was so intertwined with Saquon Barkley and his ability to catch the football yeah. and run the ball first in that New York Giants offense. I mean, you're talking about two guys that are integral yep. to, to how those offenses work. Success, yeah. It's not like a running back by committee thing where, you know, you look at Kansas City right. and they can literally plug any running back in there, it sure. seems like, and as long as Mahomes is behind there and Travis Kelsey, it's good enough. No, right. these teams really need these guys. So I'm not I'm not really understanding those situations. Dude, what are your thoughts on what's happening right now with NFL running backs. I mean, they are having to fight and claw to get paid a, a, even a little bit. And what do you think of, of those two situations in particular with the Giants and the Raiders? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously this is your more of your area of expertise. For sure. Hey, Chunky, I know, that's your two cents. Hey, Chunk chimed exactly, in. He, yeah, is, was like, uh, hey, he was ready. Hey, yeah, he was like, what? I've been waiting for the football um, segment. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I just... I think in my in my casual observations yeah, of the NFL, yeah. it's it's always interesting because you know there always seems to be a position in the NFL that seems to be the soup of the day. Yeah, where you yeah. know, I mean, several years ago, decade yeah. plus ago, you know, I mean, running backs were the 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 soup du jour. I mean, they were, you know, Emmett Smith, 
I mean, you had you, you had. Oh God, I can't. I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, Emmett Smith, um, Thurman Thomas, uh, Thurman uh, Thomas, from the Bills from that uh, same era was know, a big you, one. You uh, Jerome, uh, Jerome uh, Bettis, Bettis from uh, the Steelers yeah, for mean, all those years. You know, you you Barry had Sanders Barry and the Sanders, Lions. Yeah, yeah. You you had um, you had lots of running backs that you know with that they teams were paying a premium. Ladanian Tomlinson for yes, the Chargers. Yes, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you you were you had running backs that teams were paying a premium for. Yeah, that, that yeah. seemed to be any offense needed yeah. to have that 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 first string running back that was able to give them um, yeah. everything that they needed that, and that more. Right? Back. Yeah, exactly. Back. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then as offenses kind of adapted and 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 went through the the evolution of the game as as. As baseball does, as basketball does, you know, so does football, where you have these evolutions. Uh, you know, I, I think part of that has to do with the evolution of the running quarterback. I, I yeah, think that's I really think that's kind of yeah. uh, uh, nullified yeah. the need for a running back because it used to be, you know, these quarterbacks were, were, were you know, pocket quarterbacks. And, you know, it wasn't until kind of Steve Young. Uh, uh, Michael Vick, obviously, you know, yeah. kind of came into the league, yeah. and they kind of yeah. started changing the way yeah. teams yeah. Uh, played. I think that which kind of made, and then and then on top of that, your tight ends. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got these blocking tight ends and these guys that can that can take these little dump off passes and and run, and you don't have to worry about them getting in a dog pile and only picking up one yard or two yards, right? On these three out of your four downs or something yeah. like that. So. I think the evolution of the game has really kind of relegated, you know, running backs in particular to kind of place kicker status. I mean, you know, these are these are guys that are integral to some degree for some offenses, but not the vast majority of the thirty-two that's teams. True. Yeah, that's and very true. And when you have when you see consistently guys stepping up that are second stringers, or you know, maybe have elements of their game as a running back that that works better in certain play calls than and they get the call instead of that number one back and you know you have some guys that are willing to block other guys yeah. that aren't willing to block I mean there's so many variables I think that exist and again I, I think it's just one of those situations quarterbacks are always going to get their payday right quarterbacks oh, are yeah. always going to get their especially the, with how the league has changed over the last 20 years 100% in particular and it's they a are game now. more yeah. or less any franchise the quarterback is the franchise player and that's going to be the guy that's going to get the massive payday that, totally. that's yep. that's probably yep. never going to change yeah um but you know I, I think whether it's receivers tight ends you know I mean I, up until I don't know 10 years ago I didn't even know what the hell a tight end really was yeah I mean, you know I mean, it yeah. was receivers yeah. And running yeah. backs, like and quarterback, like you know, and you had your offensive line. And that's there a position wasn't... that's changed a lot over history too. They, I mean, there years and years ago, they didn't even call that tight end. Yeah. It used to be called split end or flanker or. Uh, there's another name going way back to like the '50s. You know, the, the, you weren't necessarily called a tight end. That was part of the evolution of the game too. Uh-huh. And then a, a tight end kind of evolved into a, an extra blocker on the end that would occasionally catch a pass to, right. you know. They became these hybrid guys at one point, you know, when uh, the Patriots had Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, they had yeah. two hybrid tight ends that could block and catch. Right. And uh, changed the game, got right. him a Super Bowl, you know, got him to another one. 
So it, there's that position's been one. There's been a big evolution right. with that one too. So, so yeah, so I, I think that when you look at that, it's not surprising that teams aren't necessarily okay. willing yeah. to pay up. Not to mention, yeah. you know, to your point, you know, I mean, the the shelf life uh, on a running back in particular, much like defensive linemen, much like offensive linemen. Yep. You know that are in the trenches more. Yeah. Every single play. Yeah. Their their career lifespan is not very long. So, yep. you know, it, it is one of those things where it's like, okay, you know. But at the same token, isn't that more reason to pay these guys? I mean, why not keep them happy, keep them fat and happy, make sure that they're playing for us and not another team. Yeah. Pay them a larger amount of money over a short period of time. If that gives you success over those two, three seasons, mm-hmm. four seasons. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you? Oh yeah, and 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 then and you know and and then you you get out from underneath it if yeah. they get injured or whatever you know which happens in the game yeah. and it's unfortunate yeah. but it is a part of the game then you cut your ties and you move on but yep. you pay them and 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 NFL contracts are so wonky and I don't understand all the nuances but you know just reading through here on Bleacher Report it's talking about how you know they franchise tagged uh, uh, Josh Jacobs. He, but it was a $10, $10 million tender. He yep. hasn't signed it, but they can restart talks. They could give him an incentive-laden deal and convert some of his franchise tender into a signing bonus, like what they yep. did for Barkley. Yep. Sure. Uh, you know, like there's there's various things that they can do. They can remove the franchise tag. They could they could do a, uh, a no-tag clause, and, you know, he can test the free agent waters. I mean, there's lots of things at their disposal. So I, it's one of those situations where it's like kind of – Dumb, I'm kind of dumbfounded at the fact that like you can't come up with some sort of agreement when you have all these pathways <laughs> yeah, right? to yeah. keep him in a Raiders jersey. Yeah. What, yeah. What's stopping you? I, right. I mean, and all right. of these seem like one year deals. It sounds yeah. like you can just, just dude, you yeah. you played. You're probably you're twenty some odd years old. You've probably been playing football for eighteen years at least. Yeah. Wait, you, this is your dream. What, what are you doing walking away? Like, yeah, yeah. You, uh, somebody offered to pay me $10 bucks, but I have the opportunity next year to possibly play for $20 million or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I don't know, man. What yeah. are you, what, come on, give me, give me what okay, you're Okay, so, so really I think the biggest thing that's going to happen here really out of all of this is there's going to be a big change as far as um, – how running backs are paid and controlled in the next CBA, right? The next collective bargaining agreement, because that's what's going to happen. Because the way it is right now, Mikey, um, you know, you you go to college. Let's say you graduate. uh, You win the national title for Georgia or Alabama or whoever. Yeah. uh, You know, maybe Wisconsin one day. I'll keep dreaming about (laughs) that. But anyway, you, you come in, you're 22 years old, your rookie year. That team has you under control for your first four years, right? Okay. So by the time you become a free agent, you're going to be 26, right? And then okay. at that point, they can use a franchise tag. And there's nothing right now in the CBA. You can you can franchise a guy two years in a row. So theoretically, they could control you for your first six years, which would put you at what? Age 28. Yeah. Where they stop really paying running backs. Okay. So these guys have one chance to actually get a contract where they actually get paid because you don't, you make decent money on your rookie deal, but nobody's getting paid on the rookie deal. These quarterbacks aren't getting their 40 million a year on a rookie deal. So you have one chance to get paid. And the way the CBA works is it's really against running backs right now. And teams have figured that out the last couple of years and are using that to a T. Not to mention there's been a couple of recent, you know, presidents that didn't work out so well. You look at uh, Ezekiel Elliott held out, and I understand why. 
He got paid. He just got cut because the money isn't nearly as close as the value anymore. So I understand that part. I also understand the fact, and it's just the, the reality of it. These guys touch the ball so much. They take so many hits. It's inevitable in this physical sport that you're going to break down and you're going to deteriorate. So right. if I can get a 23-year-old that has relatively nowhere on his body, from, from the NFL at least days, versus a guy that's 28 that has six years of wear and tear on his body, the 23-year-old is going to be cheaper. Yeah. I'm going to go that route. So I understand that. So think about this, right? I'm a running back, Mikey. I play all 17 games this year. I get 10 carries a game, which isn't really that much if you think about it. To the guys you were alluding to back when we grew up, Emmett Smith carried it 20 to 30 times a game. All those guys did, right? You carry it 10 times a game over a 17-game season, that's 170 carries, let alone any passes you catch out of the backfield. How many receivers have caught the ball 170 times in a season? Zero. Never even close has a receiver had that many receptions in a single mm-hmm. season. Mainly because the game's evolved and it's not been a passing game for that long. But even in today's NFL, 100 pass receptions is phenomenal, right? right so you right. start thinking about that wear and tear, right? Even on 10 carries a game, by the time this guy gets to his third or fourth year, you're talking five, six, seven hundred carries, you know, touches possibly more, the wear and tear factor. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is if I'm a kid, you know, or I'm a dad and I've got my son and we're going to play football, yeah, dude, don't go for running back. Play right. receiver. Right. Play corner. Play quarterback. Play any other position but running back because look at the receivers. They're getting paid just under the quarterbacks all of a sudden. You know, look right. what Devontae Adams got last year. Yeah. And guess what? They're protected. You yeah. go across the middle, you can't get lit up anymore. They change those rules. You yeah. can't go low on a receiver. You can't take their knees right. out anymore. Yeah. These guys are protected just like the quarterbacks. It's going to change. You know, People aren't going to play running back anymore. So anyway, um, the, the broader thing of this is I think it's going to lead to a change in the CBA. And they're going to, you know, look, running backs, no matter whether you draft them in the first round or whatever round, it, they're probably going to take a year off of that control. And then they're going to put a cap on you can only franchise tag him probably once. Okay. And then that way a team can control a running back for four years. That's going to that's going to create a market for them again. Yeah. Um, you know, that doesn't mean a bunch of dudes are going to get paid, but it at least will give them a chance. I would say more of a fair chance of getting paid. Uh, because, again, a guy like Saquon Barkley, what he did for the Giants last year, how – all the carries, all the yep. catches out of the backfield, Mikey, yep. all of the touchdowns. He had the claw and beg to get an extra $1 million, yep. right? Right. And by all accounts, the long-term deal he was looking for, he just wanted something along the lines of like $20, 22000000 million guaranteed. It's not that much if you think about, right. I mean, they just paid Daniel Jones $80 million guaranteed the quarterback. Yeah. And you could argue his success is intertwined with Saquon Barkley's. Right. And then so after Barkley signs that new one-year deal with the extra million, they turn around and paid one of their linemen a boatload of money. A boatload. To the point the guy's getting, I forget how many, 18, 20 million a year. So if I'm Barkley, like, oh, man. I get it. He's one of the guys opening the holes for you, but... Lineman, like you know, I, I, I mean, that's that's got to be a hard pill to swallow, right. you know. I, I mean, I'm doing very few everything. People are out there buying a lineman's jersey, 
Right. But I am buying exactly. Barclays. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, you know, not many linemen, there's there's some, but not many linemen can go out and catch a screen pass and take it 80 yards to the house for a touchdown right, for you. Right. Not many can, you know, carry it 30 times in a game and still bounce back the next week and carry it another 20 times. So, right. yeah, man, I, I think it's it just it's been very interesting. Um, yeah. I like that the running backs have kind of had these Zoom meetings and are trying to get on the same page. Trying and to stuff. be unified like, a little trying bit. Trying to be Absolutely. unified the best they can. Uh, but, yeah, there will be big changes on that front in the next CBA. I do expect the Raiders, because of all the options that you went through, you know. Yeah. Which I didn't even know they had that many at their disposal, yeah, to be yeah. honest with you. I knew about some of those options, but I would expect Jacobs to be back at some point. Look, there's only you got your star players talking about we need this guy. You've got your your coach saying, yeah, we he's going to be back and we're going to use him this way. Like, at some point, they're going to get something done. I right. think the Raiders understand after trading for Devontae Adams last year and the season turned out to be a – Shit show. Excuse yeah. my French, but yeah. that's what it was, let's be honest. And then you got rid of Derek Carr, who was the whole point of why um, Devontae Adams came to play for right. you. You don't want to alienate him or anybody else anymore. Right. You know, like you, And not to mention now you've got Jimmy G there. So you got you've Jimmy got G yeah. there. You know, you need to bring Josh Jacobs in. Yeah. Jimmy we know look. Jimmy G will will play very good and yeah. probably be very efficient right. until his toenail falls off and he's done for the year and week in eight. game two. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's just it is what it is. <laughs> like Jimmy's a great quarterback, but the injuries like we can't right. we can't yeah. ignore it at this point. Yeah, yeah. So he's only getting older. So anyway, that's my take on that one. Okay, okay. Um, you know, before we we wrap up today's episode, yeah. there, there was one other running one back other one. Yeah. that kind of popped up after this stuff, and yeah. you know that would be Jonathan Taylor, the young yep. running back uh, from the Colts, who is going into the final year of his rookie deal. Um, you're talking about a guy who's ran for over three thousand yards in his three year career, so he's averaged over a thousand yards a season. Mike, he's already piled up 33 touchdowns on the ground. That's 11 per season over your first three years. Very productive guy for the Colts. A little banged up last year in and out of the lineup, um, but still put up good numbers while he was out there. Um, you know, he he this, he has a meeting with the owner, Ursay, to basically talk about what the other running backs are. Hey, look, I'm looking for a new deal. Obviously, I'm in the last year of my rookie deal. I think he saw what was happening to these other backs and wanted to avoid the whole, I'm going to get a franchise take next year and then playing out this same exact scenario next summer. I think he was actually being proactive by going to Ursay, having the meeting. Apparently, I, you know, whatever the meeting went, how it went, um, came out of that meeting. And, you know, Ursay is asked about, you know, Hey, you know, the meeting with Taylor, he wanted an extension and he delivers this quote, off-the-wall quote, you know, well, I understand what he's saying, and it's not necessarily wrong what yeah. he's saying. It's just, like, the timing of it. <laughs> right. So he comes out of this meeting with his star running back and says this. Um, hey, if I die tomorrow and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league, nobody's going to care. The NFL keeps rolling along. It's a privilege to be in this business, period. He's not wrong, right? The NFL is going to keep moving along. Peyton sure. Manning retired how many years ago? Yep. NFL kept moving yep. right along. Tom Brady finally Tom retired. Tom Brady finally retired. And guess what? We had no short of, a, yep. of headlines this offseason. Yep. The apocalypse did not happen. It did not happen. Yep. So he's right. But um, to my point, Mikey, okay, 
you're you're my boss. Yeah. And I go to you and I'm like, hey man, sure. I, I want to talk. I'm looking for a raise. Um, Tough look. Yeah. And um, we come we come out of our meeting, and then you go public and you, and you just kind of tell everybody, yeah, hey, look, um, yeah, I we're not gonna give we're not gonna give Chris any more money. Yep. And by the way, if he's not working for us, yep. you know, or part of this business um, tomorrow, nobody's gonna care. Yep. I'm not going to want to work for you anymore. I mean, pretty clear cut, right? I don't think anybody would if you went to your boss and that was the reaction you got. So what does he do? He requests a trade. I I read the other day, so when this happening, you know, and it was like, oh, this is a bad, this is miscalculated by Taylor and his agent. No, it's not. It's the perfect timing. Everybody's right. talking about running backs right now and teams not signing them. Yeah. The skillet is as hot as it's going to get. Yeah. This is the perfect time yeah. for it. And oh, by the way, the owner delivered an asinine quote. So great. Yeah. He just poured fuel on the fire yeah. and is making you look great. So I totally disagree. I think this was well played. Yeah. And if there's any guy right now that would be best served for sitting out, it's Jonathan Taylor. Where are the Colts going, Mikey? They drafted a quarterback from Florida yeah. who couldn't complete 50% of his passes. And all we keep hearing about is his running ability, his running ability, his running ability. Well, guess what? If you don't have anybody to throw to, and at least somebody serviceable in your backfield to hand the ball off to... What kind of running game are you going to have? Defenses are going to key in and take your quarterback's ability to run away. Not to mention he's a rookie. There's a big difference for running for a touchdown in college and running successfully in the NFL. It takes a lot to go with that. Daniel Jones. Hey, Chris, he took a step forward last year, and he was a good runner for the Giants. Yeah, they had Saquon Barkley. <laughs> And a, and, and, a, and a pretty good defense, right? Yeah, yeah fair, so enough. fair enough. You yeah. tell me who the Colts have on offense that yeah. moves the needle at all. Nobody knows. Jonathan Taylor. Oh, wait. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think, Taylor, this is, this is perfect. I think this is another example of the Colts just being the Colts, being the Colts and Ursay being Ursay. Uh, and I... You know what? Whatever happens. Or say with, uh, the man of hiring yeah. a man that's never coached in peewee football, right. college football, high school football right. to be a head coach in the NFL. And if Taylor sits out, right? Yeah. Whatever. Okay, so you missed this year of making your rookie deal. Sure. You get it. But you're going to be a free agent next year. Yeah. All 30 teams can take a look at you and offer you whatever. Gonna, yep. mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So... I mean, and you you save that wear and tear on your body, and you save you that wear and tear out, on your body. You can do yeah. what you got to do, yeah. stay in game shape, exactly. you know, all that kind of stuff, and exactly. Yeah. And he's in the prime of his career, yeah. and you know, twenty five years old or whatever. Yeah. He, there's going to be a market for Jonathan Taylor next year, yeah. and he's going to get a hell of a lot more money, even if it's a one and a half year guarantee. He's going to get a hell of a lot more money than what he's going to get playing the last year of his rookie deal for a crappy Colts team yeah. this year which doesn't seem to have a direction other than we drafted a really athletic quarterback and then put nothing around him to help him out. So, um, yeah, dude, I, yeah. I think I think Jonathan Taylor's in the right here, and I'm interested to see how this plays out. I think it was, you know, Ursay again making a terrible decision. Um, I get it. Hey, we're not going to trade him. Not now, not in the middle of the season. And guess what, dude? He might not even suit up for you. So you might have seen the last time he ever plays a game for you. Yeah, and you are you might even see your stands, you know, relatively empty. Yes. empty because, yeah. you know, yeah, initially there might be some excitement given your rookie, rookie quarterback and everything like that. But once 
the excitement of that wears off and the the realization, the reality that, you know, you're you're playing a rookie quarterback with no offensive weapons, not a particularly yep. great offensive line, not a particularly great, you know, defensive, you know, unit. Uh, you know, you're you're gonna be swimming up the creek without a paddle. Exactly, and, right? You know, I, I mean, at the very least you you know, you should at least be at least in my opinion, not on your hands and knees, but you know, or groveling necessarily, but you sure as shit should probably be gonna asking, begging this dude to be coming back and playing for you because he's really yeah. the only reason that anyone would want to watch Indianapolis Colts football. Exactly. So, you know, I, I mean, it, it is, and, and you're absolutely right. I, I do agree with you when you lay it out like the way that you did. I mean, th- there's there's absolutely no incentive right now for me to to play. Yeah. Uh, other than the pad stats yeah. and and whatever else, yeah. but you know, if I'm if I'm Taylor, I'm looking at this like, okay, I come and play, come back and play. Okay. First of all, I know that the owner doesn't want me there. He doesn't care about me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Second of all, what happens if I get hurt? Yeah, exactly. And then yep. potentially what my good payday next year, depending on my injury. Yep. Done. I could be done. Yeah. Why yep. Why do I want to play for that? Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of to our point when we were talking about Jacobs and stuff like that, I mean, you know, when you have such a small window of opportunity to and get paid key. and, yeah. and, and to, to, to maximize yes. what I bring to the table and monetize that, which is the name of the game, beyond the love of the game and playing the game, you're mm-hmm. playing the game mm-hmm. to make money. It's your job. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it, it makes sense to, to try and maximize that. And, and, you know, in this instance, you know, last year, that was the only reason why I gave two craps about the Colts because Jonathan Taylor kept coming up. Yeah, and it right. Was, he was yeah. just doing all sorts of crazy things and, you know, whatever. I, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I think it's just, it's another situation where, you know, some of these NFL owners in particular, you yeah, know, like Jerry Jones, yeah. Jerry Jones wannabes, these guys that think yeah. that they can come out and say these things and, yeah. you know, fans are going to be on their side or this, that or whatever. Uh, no, that's why you have spokespeople. That's why yeah. you have presidents. That's why you yeah. have general managers. That's yeah. why you have head coaches because you don't have to say a damn thing and you can let those people say what they need to exactly. say and you don't have to insert foot in mouth and exactly. make a, a, a not great situation even worse. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, there's some owners, you know, that, that are just, they're adverse. They can't, they can't avoid it. They can't right. help yep. themselves. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, I do. I, I, I don't know if this is going to get resolved. I, I do. I kind of hope just for the sake of his health and for his mental state that he actually doesn't play. I mean, that would suck for the NFL because that would take away a nice young player that's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. But I don't want to see somebody get hurt because they were forced to play or, or anything like that to where now they sacrificed yeah. and potentially gave up a lucrative yeah. deal for what? Yep. You know, I mean, to play for an owner, play for a team that didn't want you there in the first place, a yeah. team in a division and, and, you know, that's not going anywhere, to your point. They, they don't have Super Bowl aspirations. Yeah. They, they've got a new head coach. they got a new system. they got way too many unknowns. Right. You're then, the only known commodity. And then this part, right? Your, your, your quarterback is a rookie. Yeah. He's under a rookie deal for five years, Mikey. Right. You yeah. don't have to pay your quarterback yeah. for five years, yeah. maybe four, if he right. ends up being good and you want yeah. to get that done. Four years. Yeah. Why don't you do him a huge service yeah. and sign the guy that's been one of the top two or three right. running backs in the league since he came in his first three years, who's going into his prime? 
why don't you at least in that meeting say, hey, you know what? All right, let's uh, let's talk some numbers. We have no idea if we can get something worked out. Right. I understand your point. Let's talk some numbers. Yeah. Let's see what we could do, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Like like have some kind of a good whatever. Two three year deal. You know, just that's it. We'll start the conversation. Sixty million three, yeah. three years, sixty million. Some bucks. good faith stuff. Look, dude, thirty we, million guaranteed. Yeah, we'll, we'll work something out. We we can't get it done this year, but we can start talking numbers and let's let's see where we can get. I don't know how the meeting went. Maybe that was discussed. I have no idea. But you would think there would be a different, like some kind of good faith approach. Hey, let's do it, or just the approach of hey. The quarterback we're rolling out is a rookie. We don't have to pay him for a long time. We don't have any big money receivers on our roster right now. Let's help his progression. Let's help set him up to be successful his rookie year by making sure Jonathan Taylor, to your point, is happy yeah. and getting fed um, so we can actually move this thing forward. Right. So, yeah, I mean, last time. And who I, knows? Maybe maybe the two of them have really good chemistry. And, yeah. you know, to your point, then yeah. they start building something as exactly. opposed to, like, yeah. Yeah, we don't really care if we suck or not because in the revenue sharing that exists in the NFL, yeah. it doesn't matter if I if I'm good or not. That's right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Get, I'm yeah. getting the same you're cut as get, everybody exactly, else, so exactly. it doesn't matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, last time I checked, last time I tuned into a Colts game or any game for that matter, you know, I didn't see any Jim Ursay signs in the stands. <laughs> you know what I did see? A lot of Jonathan Taylor signs, yeah. so a lot of yeah. lot of Jonathan Taylor jerseys. So yeah. I don't know, just you know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, there's not too, there's no no owners out there with their name on their jersey unless they own it themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no fans are clamoring for you know that uh, that jersey. Right? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you on that, man. Oh, there we go, right guys. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, dude, great yeah. episode. I don't really have much else in closing today. Yeah, I'm not no. sure if you had anything else no, today, Mikey, or no, anything. No, 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 you know, no. I don't. I don't really have anything either. We've got USA basketball back. The FIBA World Cup is coming yes. here uh, uh, this month. Um, you know, right before training camps here. Uh, some pretty good, um, you know, uh, NBA rosters out there for some international teams. Team Canada looks pretty loaded. Uh, oh, team wow, USA has okay. got a lot of you know youth on that team. A lot of young players. Um, it'll be exciting to see, you know, how that plan, uh, plays out. Um, you know, uh, Dylan Brooks has been playing in some pro-ams and stuff like that after his $80 million contract with the Houston Rockets. Oh, wow. Uh, he was playing in a pro-am here recently and uh, in Canada. And, uh, you know, the fans that were, you know, relatively close to the court, because it is pro-am basketball, they were yelling overrated at him. And, uh, he promptly, in the clip that I saw, he promptly got like an alley-oop or got a rebound, put-back dunk. It was kind of impressive, uh, you know, and he just kind of kept to himself. So maybe maybe the dude learned a lesson after this last season, uh, you know, and he's going to do a little less yeah, talking, maybe have. a little yeah. bit more playing. I, I don't yeah. know. Could be wrong. Uh, you know, John Moran just kind of debuted some new ink. He got some new tattoos, and he, he got a big old back piece done, and uh, a large part of that was in tribute to Kobe Bryant. Oh uh, wow! All right, cool. that's cool, man. Um, so, All right, John. You know, I, I mean, for a guy that we've talked about on this episode, on this podcast, and you know, about making questionable decisions, you know, maybe he's trying to adapt a little bit more of that Mamba mentality. Maybe a little bit more of like, I'm just going to shut my mouth and let my game do the talking yeah. and not be an idiot. Put the work um, in on the court. Right. And that's it. Exactly. That's why people tune in to watch, exactly. watch you play yeah. basketball. I don't. I don't, I don't care about your music yeah. video rapper yeah. aspirations. No. You play basketball. You're not us. a rapper. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't. I don't care about that. So. You know, I, I, I hope for the kid that, that that's what's going down. Uh, but, yeah, man, that's all I got in closing. Yeah. I got nothing else. 
Uh, it's good to do this again, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. Getting back in the swing yeah, of things. Man. NFL's right around the corner. Dude, absolutely. Basketball yes. right behind now. Enjoy that Hall yeah. of Fame game tonight if you yep. check it out, guys. But, of course, you know, we're going to be back a lot this month. We'll be yep. getting into the NFL previews. Of yep. course, we'll hope to have Justin back on with us, um, you know, especially for, for the NFL preview stuff. Yeah, but man. That's around the corner. We'll be back. We'll have a big NFL preview extravaganza. So, look oh, yes. forward to that. Um, otherwise, uh, dude, been a great episode. 100%. Thank you all for listening. Yes, As sir. Always, um, you know, check us out on on uh, Patreon, yep. uh, on the gram, all that good stuff. You got Mikey likes it over here. Mikey, yep. how do you spell it again? Remind yeah, me. Yeah, it's M Y K E E underscore likes L I K E S it I T. Please check out Mikey. Uh, yeah. In addition to yeah. to knowing the NBA, knowing especially. Is LA basketball in particular, but not just that. Mikey. Oh. I mean, you know, you're 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 definitely an NBA aficionado. Oh, thanks. He's a music aficionado, oh, guys. Yeah. Check out this guy. He's always posting with the record collection and everything. Oh. Like, check out his stories, guys. You'll be entertained. Oh, all right. Thanks, and man. I'm uh, I'm about to roll out my preseason college football top twenty-five um, coming up in the next you know week or so myself. Okay. So be sure to check that out. I think that's it finally okay. closing today. Okay. Friend. All right. I like it. All right. Like it was it. awesome, like man. It. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. As Chris said, uh, appreciate y'all, and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a good one, guys.